Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. I bring you this program every other Thursday from 9 until 10 a.m. And it alternates with the Renewable Energy Hour. Thank you for tuning in for this first program of, of Wild Oak Living in, in 2019. Right, shows my age. In 2023. Uh, thanks for listening uh, all year to Wild Oak Living. Last year, this program is all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. And uh, if you've been listening regularly, you know that I cover a, a wide variety of topics here on Wild Oak Living. And today, I'm going to share some information with you about um, living sustainably during storms, getting through storms and, and preparing for them and being safe while they happen. It has been one wild ride for these past three plus weeks. And amazingly, uh, it's been that long when you think about it before it started, you know, pretty much right around Christmas. Um, and uh, I know it's been really, really hard for many of us, especially those of you who live near rivers and who live in flood zones, uh, you have been especially impacted by either the risk of flooding or actual flooding. And my heart goes out to all of you and, and to everyone whose power has gone out and, and you're struggling to stay warm and dry. Uh, and especially my heart goes out to everybody who can't just stay home during the storm, you know, like like uh, Eddie just said in his announcement. And by the way, thank you, Eddie, for for engineering for me this morning. Uh, I took <laughs> I took our own advice here at this station and and decided uh, to that it wasn't safe for me to travel this morning because I live in an area where there's a lot of old trees, and I have to drive right past them, and. Uh, I was just simply concerned. We had really high winds here this morning, up to forty miles an hour, which you know, for an old oak tree, is, is a big is, is a big strain. And I was afraid I might get hit by a tree, so I decided to stay home and and uh, do this program from Zoom. And thankfully, um, Eddie is making that possible by being in their studio in Talmadge, and I really appreciate that. So. Um, and, and I also want to point out that, you know, the, the announcement that Eddie just read about what's happening in the storm and cl road closures and power outages and all of those things, that shows you the power and the value of local radio like KZYX. You know, we can be up to the second current in terms of what we uh, put on the air and what we announce. We don't have to rely on some computer somewhere that that shares information with you that might be old and irrelevant. And also, you know, we KZYX, because uh, uh, we cover such a wide listening area, and we are living in an area that has such huge micro, uh, uh, such a huge number of microclimates, you know, where um, I was explaining the weather where I live could be completely different than the weather just a couple of miles down the road. And so we are able to bring you that kind of information. And I just want to remind everyone, you know, every every time there's an emergency, a power outage, a storm, uh, an earthquake, or a fire, uh, we are reminded how valuable KZYX is. And I just want to reiterate that, you know, and invite you to please keep supporting KZYX in the new year. 
We are uh, working on, on creating <clears throat> a new centrally located radio station in Ukiah that will make it so much easier for everyone to come and share in the radio station. Um, and, uh, and also, we, you know, we continue to incur just our regular normal operating costs. So please, if you can, go to kzyx.org and click on the donate button and support KZYX. This is a very, very, very valuable and important community resource for all of us, and we all need to support it. And we thank you very much if you are already a supporter. That's really, really great to know. So what I'm planning to do today is to share with you um, some resources uh, that you can go to um, that are available either on the internet or by phone that you can consult. Uh, for to prepare for uh, em uh, emergencies like like storm events um, and flood events, and also uh, what to do while they're happening, how to be safe while they're happening. And then, if there's time, I also want to share an article about the silver lining in all of this, the snow cap, um, and how that could address uh, the the drought problems that we've been having for the past few years. Um, and um, so we'll we'll see how how far I can get, but that's that's the plan today. The plan is to um, uh, and and also some predictions about where the storm is going and how far how long it's going to last. So let me start out by doing two things. One is I want to share with you uh, and and direct you to some in really valuable information. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to put that on hold for a second. I'm going to actually start out with a poem, uh, and the poem is one that I want to share with you. It was written by my dear friend uh, and uh, someone that many of you might know, Nancy Horrocks. She wrote this in January of 1998. So uh, also during a stormy January 1998, I remember because that was the first the first winter and spring that I that I was here in Mendocino County, and so and and I know that was a very very rainy and wet spring. We actually had rains, as I remember, into June that year. Um, so I very much remember that spring of 1998. And let me share that poem with you. And I'm going to do something I do when I off when I read a poem myself, and that is to read it twice because the first time I want to just enjoy listening to the words, and then the second time. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll notice some things that I didn't notice the first time through. So here goes. This is a poem called Passion. There's so much rain that streams cannot contain themselves. Devouring hillsides with great gulps of hunger, they surge reckless, eager, while every drop of heavy rain races to join their restless, fierce embrace. I swear it is a blasphemy to walk sedately down the muddy trail while all within me yearns to fling myself headlong into this torrent, mold my body to each rock and yodel over waterfalls. So despite my mud cake boots, I dance, I sing, while rain pours down my face and passion lurches through me drunk on this wild weather. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time just so you can enjoy it. Passion. There's so much rain that streams cannot contain themselves. Devouring hillsides with great gulps of hunger, they surge reckless, eager, while every drop of heavy rain races to join their restless, fierce embrace. I swear it is a blasphemy to walk sedately down the muddy trail, while all within me yearns to fling myself headlong into this torrent, 
mold my body to each rock and yodel over waterfalls. So despite my mud cake boots, I dance, I sing, while rain pours down my face and passion lurches through me drunk on this wild weather. I just want to thank you so much, dear Nancy, for writing this poem and sharing it with us because it reminds me that weather and storms, they can be dangerous and they can do a lot of damage, but weather can also be a question of attitude and clothing. <laughs> so, you know, rain boots, raincoats, hats, whatever, you need to keep you dry. And then, you know, it's if it's safe to do so, let's get out there. <laughs> we don't have to walk under trees that could fall on us. We could just sort of stand in, a, in an open area. Uh, or walk on a trail that's in an open area with a good raincoat and some good rain boots um, and a hat, um, and uh, and and maybe not get too gloomy about three weeks of of rain. I thought it was really great that um, uh, the, the 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 three sunny days that we've had in the last three weeks uh, happened to have been three Sundays for you know those of us who need who have some time off on Sunday and can actually go out and enjoy it. So I'm going to now go into sharing uh, some resources with you, uh, and then I'm, I will invite and, and some information, and then I will invite you to join this conversation uh, and and have you call in and talk to us about how you're dealing with the storm, how you're faring, you know, what are some of your concerns, some of your joys related to this weather. So I will I will open up the phone lines. I'm going to point you to information and not necessarily share a lot of details, except on some things that I think are really, are really key, but uh, there's so much information out there that, uh, you know, uh, it, I, I just, I'm going to point, provide a few pointers as to where to go. And the first pointer as to where to go is to uh, our jukebox uh, on kzyx.org or on the app, the KZYX app. If you go to our jukebox, um, uh, also sometimes called archive, then, uh, or if you go to jukebox.kzyx.org, you will find uh, last night's point and click by uh, Toby Molina and and uh, <laughs> and July. I just, I just, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I just got a text from somebody that I keep saying that the, that wild oak living alternates with the woman in July. Apparently, I did it again today. Wild oak living alternates with the cannabis hour, but it did alternate with the renewable energy hour for many years, and that was a really, a really great uh, alternate, uh, you know, a really great rotation that I enjoyed very much. And so my brain is still stuck in the past on that rotation. <laughs> so. The program that Toby Molina and Jim Hyde did last night on Point and Click had a segment in the, uh, during the first 20 minutes or so that talked about um, uh, apps and, and, and websites that you can go to to learn about the weather and to get really uh, uh, good local predictions for the weather. And they also shared some information about how to protect sensitive equipment during storms when there is a chance for the power to go out or for the power to brown out and, and and that could damage equipment or if the power goes out suddenly and you're working on a desktop computer, how not to lose the data on your computer by using a universal 
uh, I think a, a universal power supply or something like that. Anyway, if you want more details, you can go uh, to the jukebox.kzvx.org and look for point and click last night, um, January 11th at 7 p.m. to get all of that information. I just want to share a sentence, a quote, a sentence that, that Jim said that I, I thought was so great. He said something along the lines of, it's been a great time to be a pond or a well or a frog, but not so much if you're a tall tree motorist or telephone pole. <laughs> so um, I I would recommend that you're listening to that second, uh, to that segment last night um, about power outages. Um, they they uh, recommend, among other things, that when the power starts to go out, to unplug things like you know save your work and unplug your desktop computer if you think the power might go out or if there is a chance of power brownouts. But they have lots of details in their segment, so I don't want to just repeat what they said, except except to um, tell you that they also talk about some of the local resources that they have experience with that you can go to to get local weather and outage and emergency information. They also state a toll-free Caltrans number, which is important to have if the power goes out and you don't have internet and you just have your phone, you can, uh, and you need to know, you know, is Highway 1 closed or something like that. They um, give you a phone number that you can call, and that's 800-427-7624, uh, 800-427-7624. They also recommend an app and a website called wonderground.com, wonderground com uh, for local and international forecasts and weather alerts. Um, they also link into a personal weather station network, which apparently is is quite widespread and growing. You know, you might find out that your neighbor has a weather station, and then you can uh, you can get uh, weather information that's very close to where you are locally, and get microclimate weather info. And then they recommend uh, uh, I talked about a free app called Windy and windy.com, the website that goes with it. And and this, this forecasts wind info uh, and displays wind direction and wind speed. And uh, finally, a, rest, a website that I also like to go to called weatherwest.com, weatherwest.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's, um, um, it's maintained by a UCLA climate scientist who also, they also link to his uh, Twitter feed there for really interesting, sometimes very geeky, but very interesting information, and also often very spot-on predictions about what's going to happen in the near future as far as weather and climate is concerned. So that's weatherwest.com. And as I said, more details about all of that uh, on our jukebox, jukebox.kzyx.org, uh, last night, 7 p.m., and in, during point and click. So I'm going to share with you now two um, two places where you can go for uh, an amazing uh, list of resources, uh, and you can then just pick and choose in terms of uh, which ones of the which ones of those sites are relevant to you, and you can bookmark them so that they're readily accessible, and you can go to them when you are uh, when when you need that information. The first one is from the Mendocino Voice, which uh, is a local. A local news organization that has been around for about six uh, years now, and uh, often, uh, often KZYX and Mendocino Voice uh, works together during during uh, 
power outages and other emergencies. And they uh, and Kate Maxwell and Sarah Stirch uh, have put together a list of resources that they posted on January 7th of this year that is just an amazing list. I mean, this is um, just about anything you might ever you might ever need when it comes to uh, hazards, disasters, uh, road situation, weather, emergency preparedness, um, public health, uh, etc. Anything that you might need as a as a go to information. Uh, is 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 in that resource list. So they 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 list the emergency office and the public safety and public health resources. Um, then they list local agencies in Mendocino County, such as uh, fire departments and and um, police departments, um, various city and town Facebook sites that post information. So that's all that's all listed here. They also list weather conditions, alerts, and forecasts. So a, a number of different weather reports, and a light and a link to a lightning maps and a, a, a surf reports. Um, all kinds of uh, all kinds of sites related to the weather, and then they have a whole section of flooding and debris info. So, for example, current condition of stream flows in Mendocino County, and there, and then specific information for the Russian and the Navarro and the Garcia River, uh, FEMA information, tsunami information, flood, a whole section of flood preparedness and safety trip uh, tips from the state of California and from local agencies, and then a whole section on road information, uh, current closures and incidents. And then finally, uh, well, not finally, actually, there's more to come. PGE and other power information and outage information, including the various uh, cities and and agencies that might plan power shutoffs. A, a, a really interesting um, write up on electric generator safety tips, which is very important if you're using a backup uh, generator. Uh, also, an article that uh, was published in the Mendocino Voice about food safety after a power outage. Uh, that's in, there's a link to that uh, 2019 article. Storm safety tips from PG&E. This is something um, that I wanted to share with you in a little bit more detail. Um, so, for example, never touch downed wires. If you see a power line. Uh, Immediately call nine one one and then PG and E, and they and they give a number here one eight hundred seven four three five zero zero two one eight hundred seven four three five zero zero two. How about uh, safe generator use? Um, we, they they recommend that uh, customers make sure that they are uh, properly installed by a licensed electrician and that they're positioned in a well-ventilated area. This is really, really important. Do not ever use your generator in an, in, uh, in an enclosed area that's in any way connected uh, to, to where people live or spend time. Improperly installed generators pose a significant danger. Um, to customers, to working crews, and power uh, people working on power lines, and uh, of course, something that we've said before: uh, use flashlights, not candles. I would like and keep extra batteries on hand. I would like to take this opportunity to do a, a tiny little uh, talk about uh, 
flashlights versus headlamps. I am a devoted user of headlamps. I have three of them at the ready. Uh, and as I'm especially, uh, here's, here's why headlamps, I prefer headlamps over flashlights, and I would urge you to consider that. If you have a headlamp, you always have it with you. It's on your head. Uh, if there is a situation where you expect the power to go out or while the power goes out, you know, the headlamp sits on your hand, head and you just push a button and it goes on and you push a button and you turn it back off. And the light will always be where your eyes are because that's where the headlamp will shine to. And you have your hands free to attend to whatever you need to attend to. You know, if you're evacuating and you need to grab your dog or your kids or your go bag, you don't have to fiddle with a flashlight. You can just, you know, you the light is on your head and you don't, and you have your hands free. There are now flashlights, I mean, headlamps that have um, rechargeable batteries that are they're, they're like little little power bricks that go into the space where normally the batteries go into. And uh, those will recharge in about an hour and provide lights, light for many, many hours once once they're charged. And while you're using one, you can charge the other one if you get a spare. So you're, uh, you're in, in, even if you have a power outage, if you have one of those emergency power supplies, you know the little the little things that sometimes people use for backup for their phones, you can charge them because they have a USB charging connector on them, and. Uh, I, I just want to really, uh, you know, communicate how important I think that could be to have a headlamp rather than a flashlight, or maybe in addition to a flashlight, so that your hands are free in an emergency. Another point that uh, PG&E makes on this list here is to have fresh drinking water and ice available. You can fill containers with water to make blocks of ice that can be placed in the refrigerator and the freezer to prevent food spoilage. Um, something that uh, Toby and Jim also mentioned on their show last night, uh, unplug um, uh, or turn off, or, uh, but ideally unplug electrical appliances and computers and things like that to prevent overloading circuits and fire hazards when the power is restored. Um, you can leave a single lamp on to alert you when the power returns. And uh, as I said again, they say never to never to touch touch down wires or down to power lines. So that those are some tips um, that are on the Mendo Voice website. They also have a section about animal related resources. Um, so, and also a source of where to get sandbags that can be very important if uh, you know if you need to protect your home from floods. There are uh, stations all over the county, you've probably heard this announced on KZYX, where you can get free sandbags so that you can protect your home or your neighbor's home. So that, that those are the resources, the many, many resources that are on the uh, Mendo Voice website, the Mendocino Voice website, uh, which is a, uh, a newsletter that you can subscribe to here that is uh, a local and they cover all kinds of information, local news, emergencies, roads, politics, health, mem and, and etc. Um, you can uh, find this list uh, and also find out information about the Mendocino Voice by going to mendovoice.com, mendovoice.com. And thank you, Mendo Voice, for putting this list online. It's a really, really valuable. Another list that I have come across, it's 
this week um, that I'm grateful uh, was post grateful for was posted by the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. They have a website mccf.info, and they have two uh, two sections on there. If you scroll down on their on their homepage, you'll find it. Um, one is about uh, storm. Uh, they have two pages of storm resources that you can click on. One is about public safety and the other one is about natural disaster. So on the public safety page, they have uh, the contact information for all the fire departments. They have a road condition and weather condition links, uh, lists, links to the various cities. This, this is particularly focused on the coast here. Uh, pol public safety information, police departments, Red Cross, Cal Fire, all kinds of contact information, um, which you know when you're when you're in an emergency or or when something is happening, um, it's it sometimes it's really hard to find the right phone number, and these are all right there, all the contact informations and um, on this website mccf.info uh, forward slash public hyphen safety, or just go to mccf.info and look for the. Uh, public safety resource list. They also have information there, um, uh, community resources, medical, how about how to get the kids outside, which you know is is could it could be really helpful if if your kids just don't want to go outside. Food and nutrition, emotional health, clothing, education, and as I said, natural disaster and public safety. Also, housing and financial and legal information. So those are all resources that are offered by the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund at mccf.info. And then they also have a page um, for uh, wildfire information and other natural disasters that uh, has uh, information uh, related to that with several links on disaster preparedness uh, and, and various local news outlets that um, that offer information uh, when when emergencies are happening for example the Mendocino action news uh, which is another local news outlet that you can go to and you can find them on Facebook Mendocino action news so thank you the Men to the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund for providing this information on your website mccf.info the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund is a nonprofit organization and uh, I think they would appreciate and be very happy if we appreciated their making this information available to us with uh, by with a donation uh, if you find that kind of information valuable um, so now I would like to go to let me just reiterate that this is Johanna Wildoak, and I am bringing you the first 2023 edition of Wild Oak Living, a program about living and working and having fun sustainably in Mendocino County and building community. And today I'm sort of on the building community uh, track in terms of offering information about resources for preparing for and living safely through storms and weather events and other emergencies and that's what I'm talking about today. I'm going to share a bit more information with you and then hopefully if I don't talk too much we will have time to um, for some for some phone calls because I also would love to hear from you dear listeners how you are faring through this storm. And so I'm going to just point you to some specific uh, a specific resource here that has so much information that it really 
uh, it really is worthwhile to set aside, you know, half an hour of some, uh, in the in the very near future and just go through that because this information is so relevant for whenever any kind of emergency happens. And that is uh, a local emergency preparedness website called MendoReady.org. And they have um, some information. They have information about local emergencies. Um, they have information there about how you can sign up for um, getting emergency alert uh, um, text messages. And, and also there's a link to the sheriff's Twitter feed and, very, and a lot of additional resources that you can sign up for. And that's at mendoready.org. I would, I would highly recommend um, for those of you on Twitter, staying connected to the to the Twitter feed at Mendo Sheriff, uh, because the, the sheriff often has you know is one of the first people to know when there is a when there is an emergency, and also and also is one of the first people often to tweet out information about you know if there is an emergency, what we can do or what we're supposed to do. So, at Mendo Sheriff on Twitter, um, and Nixel and Everbridge are are um, information services that you can sign up for that will give you information about your specific zip code and it will come in the form of text messages i'm not sure if they also send emails but they do send text messages and you can sign up at that website mendoready.org because you know the first the first uh step in dealing with an emergency is to find out about it in the first place and so if you if you sign up for those alerts you sign up by giving them the zip code of the area that you want to receive alerts for and um, you can put in more than one zip code you can put in your home zip code and if you want to also find out about alerts at your kids school or your parents house or other locations that are important to you you can put in those zip codes as well and then you will get alerts for all of those areas so that's um that's at menderready.org um, a local emergency preparedness website um, also they will um they have a, a list there a map there about uh, the uh, zone, the, um, it's called Know Your Zone Mendo, and it, it lists the evacuation zone. So when there is an emergency, such as a fire or a tsunami or an earthquake and, and, or a flood, and, emer and the emergency evacuations become necessary, you'll often hear about zones. And it's important to know, you know, which zone am I in, which zone are, is, are members of my family in, which zone is my kid schooling. Uh, so you can learn that as well at, at mendoready.org is to know your zone, the know your zone map. Road closures will be there, utility interruptions, uh, school closures, you know, something I haven't mentioned yet, is also something that you can find out there. Area hospital information, uh, links to the various cities, um, all that on, on mendoready.org. And then... They have a page where they talk about the various hazards and what you can do to prepare and what's involved with those hazards. So the list is there's a list of uh, of a long list, and I and I can't share all the details with you, but I want to point you in that direction. So some of the hazards that they cover are earthquakes, tsunami, flood, wildfire, severe weather, 
slope failures that you know that's a, a really a really important one in in this weather i've you know just driving along my road i've seen probably half a dozen uh, small slope failures fortunately not anything big but just small ones where where soil has slid down and moved onto the road and then pandemic disease and then public safety power shutoffs so um some of the information I want to share just some highlights with you. So for um, example, tips that they give when you expect a power outage, which in a storm you always have to expect unless you are autonomous and off the grid. And even there, you know, you might run out of gas for your generator uh, or there might be a problem and, and, and your batteries aren't charged or your batteries eventually run out. So something, some things that they recommend. Um, have try to maintain fully charged mobile devices. That's something really important. When there is power, you know, charge all your devices. I have uh, a couple of those tiny, small. They're about the size of a of a smartphone uh, battery packs that you can charge and that you can then use to charge up your other devices. Those are really, really helpful. I try to keep those charged as well. And as I said earlier, the batteries in my in my headlamps, I try to keep several of those charged so that uh, um, I can go for a long time with my headlamp without having to recharge a battery. Fill your gas with uh, fill your car with gas. Um, practice opening and closing your garage door manually. That's something that a lot of us don't think about, but uh, it could become necessary. You know, if your car's in the garage and the power goes out, how do you open that garage door? Keep cash on hand is another recommendation that they make. And then during a, during a power outage, keep refrigerators and freezers closed. Turn off or disconnect appliances. Go to community locations with power uh, when heat or cold is extreme. Um, follow generator safety instructions um, during flood events, and this is something that's pretty you know, important right now. Evacuate immediately if you're told to do by authorities. Do not walk, swim, or drive through blood flood waters. This is something I learned the hard way a few years ago. I I, I had to drive to Chico, and the road and the roads in that area from the Sacramento were flooded from the Sacramento River, um, and. You know, I it, it was it was one of those places where I thought for sure, oh, this is just a few inches of water, you know, and I just kept driving, and then pretty soon I realized, oh, oh, I better not go any further. And fortunately, I managed to just back up and back out of there. But um, six inches of water um, can destabilize your car already, and a foot of water that's just twelve inches can actually cause your car to float away. So don't take any chances. Don't drive through floodwaters. Just, you know, either don't drive in there in the first place or back up as soon as you realize or if you can do so safely. But just just don't don't drive through floodwaters if because you don't know how deep it's going to be. And also when you're moving through water, six inches, they say here to, to remember that just six inches of moving water can knock you down in one foot of water, as I said, can sweep your vehicle away. So they recommend turn around, don't drown. Um, there's a there's a whole section on how to prepare your home and family for severe weather. You can go there and read all about that. Um, and then, as I said earlier, how to prepare for slope failures and how to um, 
They just want you to remember that mud flows can move faster than you can walk or run. Uh, and we've had this information on the station also a few times already during this storm. You know, if you if you see fences moving, if you hear tree cracks, um, it's it's time to really pay attention and get out of there because that means could mean that the hillside is moving, that the uh, that the soil is moving, and it doesn't even have to be a very steep hillside. So that's uh, some information that you can find on mendoready.org, how to plan and prepare, um, how to, how to uh, gather your supplies. There's information on building a, a kit, a, an evacuation kit, a go bag. Um, there's information on how you can volunteer and get involved and get together with your neighbors to help each other in an emergency. And of course, I mentioned the uh, knowing your the map of your evacuation zone. So, as I said earlier, I would recommend taking you know half an hour or so to familiarize yourself with the information on that site, mendoready.org, uh, and it's it's really really valuable information. So, um, one little bit tidbit I found in. Uh, at the New York Times website is California's redwood forests don't mind wet windy weather. Though some trees may be toppled in storms, experts say that redwood trees which can live for centuries are adapted to a wide range of weather events. This is a really fascinating little article, it's just a very brief article um, about how redwood trees do in the in the uh, in in storms. Um, generally, they fare pretty well, except if if they are um, um, near rivers or creeks, because um, especially those that have been altered by human activities like logging, then that can destabilize um, the roots, the root systems, and the, the trees can fall into the river or into the forest or onto roads, as we have experienced. So, if you're interested in that, that is an article titled. California's redwood forests don't mind wet, windy weather in the New York Times. Uh, and uh, everybody can read a certain number of free articles on the New York Times website. That's nytimes.com, nytimes.com. Or if you're a member of your local library system, you have free access uh, to the New York Times um, if, you, if you sign up for it through your local library. And then another article uh, also in the New York Times is when will the rain end in California? Soon, but not soon enough. After a brief respite, rain is expected to return on Saturday and linger into early next week. Um, drier conditions could arrive after that. So gradually, uh, it, David Novak, the director of the Weather Prediction Center says, gradually it looks like we'll have a pattern change that will allow the spigots to turn off and that would be, of course, good news. I'm not so sure about that. Yes, uh, hazardous storms are not good. And when, when we don't have power or when we have floods and things, that's not good. But rain, rain is uh, certainly a good thing. And the snowpack, the snowpack has just been amazing. Uh, there's, there's a, I was, I was looking for an article, but I, it, it looks like, I must have. It looks like I must have closed it by accident. But there is another article. Oh, I know what it is. It's it's in a newsletter from the New York Times. Here it is, and where they talk about uh, how how the snowpack if the snowpack is big enough now to um, 
to address the drought. And so they talk about how the water levels in some of the state's largest uh, reservoirs are still below average, um, and they're just not sure how the atmospheric rivers, um, um, the remaining parts of the atmospheric rivers, uh, how much of an impact it will have on that. Um, Peter Gleick, the co-founder and senior fellow of the Pacific Institutes, is quoted in the article as saying, what we're seeing is what I and others are calling weather whiplash. We don't, we don't seem to get average years anymore. And so according to the U.S. Drought Monitor, the state has had four periods of persistent drought in the current including the plus the current one no including the current one and between each of these droughts there were only a few years of wet weather often extremely wet weathers like the kind that we're seeing now so this might be something that we have to adapt to and get used to is this sort of climate whiplash there was a, another article in the new york times that showed a graph that showed the uh, on the one x it showed spikes of wet weather and spikes of dry weather and you could really see that in a one or two year cycle you know you'd get like a spike drought and then you get a spike of really wet weather and a spike of drought so that seems to be something that we're going to have to learn to live with and maybe deal with in the sense of how do we manage our reservoirs how do we capture some of that extreme water that's coming down and that's not just by the way, uh, uh, of interest to the state or to local governments, it's it's of interest for every one of us who has, uh, you know, who has land. What do I do to um, harvest the rainwater that's coming down and to keep it for the summer? Um, I've done several programs on rainwater harvesting, and this is something to you know to to think about again because you know when we have storms like this, lots of water running down the river. And, um, you know, a couple of months later, we could be in a drought again. So things like rainwater harvesting and ponds and things like that uh, could become uh, important or check building check dams, little check dams to uh, keep the water, to soak the water and spread it into the soil on your land rather than having it all run off and then, and then having it run off slowly, you know, during the drier season rather than having it all run off on the surface during a storm. So um, if you have more, more information about rainwater harvesting, you can go to um, Google, Google Brad Lancaster and rainwater harvesting. I don't have the exact website in front of me, but Brad Lancaster rainwater harvesting. Or if you look on your favorite podcast site for the KZYX Public Affairs podcasts, you'll find, or if you look for Wild Oak Living Rainwater Harvesting, you'll find a program that I did with Brad Lancaster that talks about all of that. Okay, it's, we have 15 minutes left, so I'm going to now invite you to join us in this conversation about living through this current storm and uh, how you're faring, what you did to prepare, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, um, what are your concerns, <laughs> your joys, you know, do you, like, do you enjoy this, this kind of weather? Um, give, us, give us a call and join the conversation. Eddie is standing by to answer the phone, and I would love to hear from you. The phone number is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. Also, if you have resources to share that, you know, that I may not have mentioned, that's also a good time to call in and do that. So 
2448. While we wait for calls, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I leave the little Zoom window open so that I can see Eddie letting me know when there is a call. Um, one of the things one of the things that uh, I didn't go into detail, uh, although I mentioned it, is um, being ready, being being ready, being ready to go. Um, that is something that we don't like to think about it. I know I don't like to think about it. You know, um, our homes are our homes are our safe place, and uh, we don't want to leave unless we absolutely have to. And therefore, uh, some of us like me, you know, like a like a, a um, like a toddler, sometimes I balk at the idea of getting ready to leave because it might mean that I have to leave. I have to face the idea that I have to leave uh, if there's a storm or an earthquake or a power outage or, or you know, something like that. So um, it's it's really important, though, and I, and I realized that once I actually buckled down and did my to-go bag and did my readiness plan and my communication plan and my evacuation plan, I felt a lot better, and then I actually could just simply check that off and not think about it anymore or not think about it much because I felt like I had done what could be done. But it was a difficult process, you know, to go through deciding what would I take, what's important to me, what keepsakes uh, are important to me, um, where are all my important papers, you know, can I put them all in one place so I don't have to search for them when I need them. That's a process, uh, and it can sometimes be a painful process if, if, like me, you're not specially well organized, and then you have to get it all together, and you have to get it all written down and all put in one place. So I just want to encourage you that even from a procrastinator like me, it's possible to overcome that. Um, and it feels really good once you do overcome it so that you've, you feel like you've done the responsible thing to get you and your family and your home uh, ready for an emergency and to make sure that you have the important things with you. And the, these emergency preparedness sites like MendoReady.org give a lot of details and checklists on how to do that. So you don't have to think it all up yourself. Just look at one of those checklists and follow it and check off all the items and then you're done. All right, we're still waiting for you to call in. I wanted to, uh, I hurried through the material to make sure that we would have time for your calls because I really want to provide an opportunity for you to share with all of us um, how you're doing in the storm, what are some of the issues that you dealt with, um, do you have resources to share with us, that, any, any alerts that you want to share with us, did any of you actually go near the ocean to see the, the huge waves? I hear they're supposed to be really, really huge. I was just amazed to hear that the gift shop at the uh, Point Arena Lighthouse was actually um, was actually flooded. The gift shop was flooded. Now that is very, very high up on the cliffs. But it was even more amazing to hear uh, in this uh, in this report. I think it was in KZYX and one of the local news outlets. Was even more amazing to hear that the lighthouse uh, itself, um, you know, was was overcome by waves at some points in the past. So it's just incredible to imagine the ocean. You know, when when it's a calm, 
a calm day in the ocean it's calm and especially when the tide is out you know they're either the beaches and and you and and the, everything looks so peaceful and then you can't imagine that the ocean can turn into this <laughs> rolling um blue that uh, one of my friends who lives on the coast said the other day she said she saw these not just big white uh, wave caps, but actual foam being whipped up and drifting up on the, onto the roads. And that just sounds so amazing. Um, going to the coast for me involves driving through forests where trees could fall. So I'm not going to do that during the storm. But those of you who live on the coast, uh, um, just don't go down to the beaches. I hear, I hear that many beaches are closed and I hear that that uh, they're saying that, uh, you know, stay far away from where any waves, uh, any sneaker waves or any errant waves could reach you. And we do have a phone call. Yay. Hello, listener. You're live with Wildlife Living. Hi. Uh, this is Deb from West of Willits. And uh, on your show, I wanted to remind you that you did have Brad Lancaster with a book on rainwater harvesting yes. for dry lands. And... Uh, you mentioned all the computer stuff. I don't have a computer, but I went to um, Book Juggler in Willits, and they had a used copy of it. So I've been studying that like crazy, and it's just wonderful for those who don't have computers. Also, uh, it just one thing I tried was I just moved on to this land, and there's a dirt road going down hills that's very badly eroding with cracks and everything, and all I did was, while I had to go down to the spring, you know, up and down, uh, I just grabbed some of the branches that are, you know, have fallen down, and I put them horizontal to the road, and that's all I did was, while I'm walking, I grab a twig and stick it here or there. When I went back down again, I was amazed at how it had already started to heal things, started collecting, you know, into the uh, sticks. So I thought I'd mention that with you. And thank you so much for everything. Oh, my God, this is such a great call. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what Brad Lancaster recommends is to just to build these tiny little check dams. You know, they, they can be even less than a foot high. And, and the story about you putting sticks across the road, that is just so amazing. That's exactly, <laughs> that it's exactly what happens is even a couple of sticks capture capture silt and capture rocks coming down and capture leaves that collect there and then and then they start to heal that surface <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that and thank you to you i'll uh, get off the air now but thank you so much Yes, Rainwater Harvesting for Drylands by Brad Lancaster. And as we just heard from our caller, you can get copies in, in, you know, at your used bookstore or at the library. Um, and, and also, if you do have Internet access, a lot of that information is on his website. Uh, just look for Brad Lancaster, uh, Rainwater Harvesting for Drylands. A lot of information for small things that we can do to deal with erosion, to keep water on our, on our land rather than having it run off during a storm. Because what happens, and also if you, you can go to the Occidental Arts and Ecology Center, they have a lot of information about that as well. What happens is if you slow the runoff in creeks or on the roads and, and spread the water and sink it, um, the, the people at the Occidental Arts and Ecology Center, they say, slow it, spread it, sink it. Uh, 
because that puts the water into the soil, into the underground aquifers, and then when things warm up and the rains stop, that water is in the soil, still available for several months, and then very, very slowly sinks down and filters down and keeps actually rivers and creeks running through the dry season when they when they otherwise wouldn't be running. They have stories on the Occident Large and the Ecology Center and also in, in Brad Lancaster's books uh, about how they restored springs. They, springs that had dried up were running again. Uh, creeks that were that had become ephemeral and were only running in winter are now running year-round again. So there's so many things that we can do to deal with drought, and you know when we're in the rain, like and and to keep the to keep um, to tone down the destructive forces of the water because you know water rushing down a creek and tearing up the banks and damaging uh, bridges and stream crossing crosses and plugging up culverts and causing floods, that's not necessarily a good thing, but that water could do a lot of good if we could find a way to harvest it uh, and make it, uh, make it, put it to use during the drier month. Well, we have a couple minutes left, so we would have time for maybe one more phone call if you want to call 707-895-2448, 707-895-2448. Akara, I'm so appreciative of Debbie for your calling in. And first of all, reminding us about the title of the book and also how you put that information to work. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about in terms of sustainable living. Often it's just small steps, small actions that we can take in our own environment, on our own land or in our own home uh, that make a difference. And uh, in Debbie's case, to heal a rutted out road. Um, I did something similar. I had some trees come down, and rather than cutting up all the smaller wood and moving it off the road, I left. I, I have some uh, areas of my road that are very wide, and I left some of the smaller branches that are small enough so that so that an emergency vehicle could still drive over it, um, and I left them perpendicular to the road surface, and then. And this was in the fall before all the leaves dropped. Then all the leaves dropped and, and filled up sort of the space between the road and those branches. And when the rains started, uh, silt and uh, would build up and, and, and mix with the leaves and provide just a tiny little dam, maybe you know three inches high or something like that, three or four inches high. But that was enough to slow the water on that part of the road and to cause it to, to sink and not uh, wash out the road and not turn it into ruts. So there's so much we can do, little things like that, that make a difference. And, you know, in my case, I don't have a lot of physical strength, but I have enough strength to pick up sticks and put them on the road uh, or put them or, or build little check dams in, in, in the creeks to, to keep the water from washing out, um, uh, you know, f the runoff from washing out. Um, and and tearing up, tearing up uh, the, the meadows. So, I mean, there's 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 a limit to what you can do. Obviously, there you know there are rules and regulations, and and fish and game has has their own rules and regulations. Um, but there's small things that we can do uh, that that make a big difference. Um, and I just want to encourage you again. Rainwater harvesting for drylands. Brad Lancaster for that information. Mendoready.org. Uh, for uh, emergency preparedness and to sign up for emergency alerts. 
the Mendocino Voice for the resource list um, admin, at mendovoice.com, I think, is it .com or .org, mendovoice, and uh, also the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund on their website, MCCI, uh, mccf.info has um, a, lot, a lot of good resources. Thanks for listening again. Thank you, Eddie, so much for coming into the studio during the storm to engineer for me. And tune in again two weeks from today for another edition of Wild Oak Living. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.